Hey there, people. What is going on? It's your boy, your fellow host, long-term tech nerd and struggling online student, uh, Marco Becerra, Marco Duro here. Welcome back to another episode of Hands in the Motherfucking Chile. Thanks for tuning in. Apologies for the delay getting the episode out, but here we are and here you are listening and your ear holes are being filled by the sound of my beautiful voice. Just kidding. Uh, in this episode, I wanted to bring y'all some changes and challenges I've had lately, some updates, I guess, and kind of a little bit of a different story here or different episode, no tech stuff for once. And uh, let's dive right on into the motherfucking chili. Let's go. All right. So the first thing that I wanted to just jump right into it is a really big change that I made recently in my life. Some of y'all know, some of y'all don't know, but this happened very recently, actually, maybe like three weeks ago now. Some of you may remember that my motorcycle was going to be ready to get picked up in Massachusetts from getting all of the things fixed that needed to get fixed for the last, like, I don't know, eight years of, of ownership since it's been off the road. And it so just happened that my wife and I were going back up there for a couple weddings for some friends of ours. And I was going to pick it up so I could ride it back down to where I'm at in Virginia. Long story short, that didn't end up happening. I actually left the bike in Massachusetts at my in-laws. They have a nice garage that my father-in-law was so kind to let me leave the bike in and keep it charged. Well, keep the battery charged. So he actually offered to bring the bike down here on a truck or trailer bike carrier or something of the sort, which was really nice, but it actually got me thinking maybe I should have a vehicle that's capable of carrying my bike because, you know, maybe there's an event I want to go to where I want to ride my bike, but it's far away. I want to bring, you know, a cooler and all this other stuff and I don't have saddlebags or anything like that. So, you know, uh, maybe I should get a vehicle that can carry it. So, you know, I started looking at larger cars that are four wheel drive because I love four wheel drive or all wheel drive, all that stuff that I can carry some heavy shit in. So I asked my buddy Cody, I said, Hey bro, what's up with uh, trucks? You know, what's uh, what do you like? What do you have? How do you like what you have, etc." He owns a Silverado 1500. I don't remember what year. And I started looking at Silverado's. And then I went for a test drive, or at least I scheduled a test drive for one of them, got to the dealership, and I waited and sat in the lobby for, I don't know, damn near an hour. And they were, you know, the sales guy was like, oh, I don't know where the keys are. I don't know where the keys are. Oh, someone took the keys. And then lo and behold, the guy who took the keys wasn't the original person I talked to. So I don't remember what his name was. I talked to guy A and then I met guy B at the dealership who couldn't find the keys. Meanwhile, guy C had taken the keys, actually sold the truck to somebody else. And uh, I, I don't know if this was true or not. Uh, maybe it's just me being skeptical or pessimistic, I guess you could call it. But I think it was maybe like a bait and switch situation. 
which happens all the time, not all the time in, in sales circles, but sometimes it can happen. And basically bait and switches, they present something to you that looks nice. You show up and they don't have that thing and they try to sell you something else. So they bait you in and then they switch the deal. And I said, no, thanks. Uh, let me know if the truck I actually want ends up making it here. If not, see you later. So I went to test drive another 1500, uh, 2019, 1500 Silverado, which is white. And I ended up, you know, making, making the deal then and there. My dad used to own a Silverado back when we first moved to the U S and like, I don't know, 2000, I want to say it was, uh, it was years ago and I really liked it. It was a nice vehicle. It was powerful, obviously. And obviously you can carry a bunch of shit in it. And I got the crew cab. It has now about 30,000 miles. It's like 29 and something, some change. And it's honestly been a great deal. I don't think I could go back to having a small car now <laughs> just to be, to be frank. But You know, the only thing I would go back if I were to go back into owning a sedan or something like this is uh, I'd just buy like an older Subaru. And it's funny, I've been looking at, yes, I miss my Subaru a lot. I, okay. Uh, I've been looking at uh, used ones on the Facebook marketplace and I found this really dope 2011 WRX SDI hatchback all uh, in white with like 96,000 miles on it. And I was like, damn. I want it. <laughs> I, uh, the 2011 and 14 body style to me is one of my favorites besides like the old bug eye. Uh, they all have like, a. I I think bug eye was, uh, 2000 to 2003 or 99 to 2003. I can't remember, uh, which, what years that generation was, but I know the, uh, the hatch was 2011 to 2014. And I think I think I can't remember what year they came out with the wide body. I think that was 2014, which was the last year that they made it, unfortunately, because the hatch was awesome. But they also made a sedan version, which uh, nobody really liked because it was too soft. Um, but so back to the truck, besides having the ability to carry the bike, which uh, is nice, I actually bought a 600 pound capacity bike carrier that just slots slides right into the dms it slides right into the trailer hitch and bolts on or you know you can put a pin through there but i use the bolt because i feel like it's more secure and you just pull the little ramp down you clip it on there and you just push the bike up there strap it down you're ready to rock and i think i need to make some adjustments and uh after taking the bike off of the carrier once i got back home um on our long ass ride from Massachusetts, I'm going to put some like grip tape on the ramp to make it a little bit safer to bring a bike down. Cause I uh, had some help actually from my friend John here on base. And, <laughs> and when I, I want to try to like slow it down so that we didn't like drop the bike. Thankfully we didn't, but I hit the front brake and it just kind of slid down the ramp with the wheel locked on there and the pollen and the dust I collected on the ramp 
just like made it a slick surface. So some grip tape, I think is definitely in order, but all in all, I think it's a good like product. It's a, I think it's a black widow brand, um, bike carrier or whatever. But anyways, yeah, it's a, it's a nice, uh, it's a nice addition. And on top of that, if uh, I'm ever unemployed, I can always put my truck to work, which I mean, I could have put my Subaru to work, like doing like, you know, food delivery and stuff like that. But I feel like having a truck gives you more capability, especially if you just want to jump on you ship and just deliver stuff for people, which is kind of cool. I went on there. I looked at some of the loads that people are bidding on and it's, you know, anything from like furniture to motorcycles to cars that people are just like, Hey, you know, I need, uh, I need this, this motorcycle. I even saw a moped on there. I need this moped hauled from, you know, A to B and you can kind of do it how, kind of how you do either Lyft or Uber. I'm assuming Uber has this capability because I used to drive for Lyft and you on the Lyft app as a driver, you can, uh, basically do directions. So you plug in directions and then you can basically pick people up on the way to your destination, which is pretty dope, you know, within like, you know, 10 to 15 minutes outside of your, your path or your, uh, what do you call it? Your route. So yeah, you can do that on Uship, and I may end up doing that eventually as a side hustle because you can make decent money doing that. And plus I could haul sport bikes around and make a decent, decent side penny. But, uh, besides that, uh, the market for selling Subarus has actually been really good the last year and maybe like the last six months or so it started to really kind of pick up and come alive and the price of Subarus and well used cars in general are just like, you know, going through the roof hashtag to the moon. And I'd been looking at trading my Subaru in for another Subaru, actually an STI to be, uh, to be exact. And once I got my bike back, I, you know, thought, Hey, maybe it's, maybe it's a good idea to just have one fast toy, not two. And you know, have a car that can haul around your fast toy, which would, would, be, would be nice. Sorry. It's always super dry in here. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, I'd, I'd looked on Carvana, done the whole like online quote and stuff like that. And it was really dope. The quotes I was getting, I ended up, uh, getting 21,000 for my Subaru at the dealership when I traded it for my truck. And it's pretty good because I paid just around that much when I bought it used, uh, I want to say like two and a half years ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like two years ago. So, Hey, you know, not a, not a bad, uh, return on investment there. So yeah, if, uh, I'd say if, uh, you got to strike while the iron's hot, but I think the price of used cars is probably going to stay pretty high, at least for the sellers. Well, it's going to benefit the sellers more for longer. The market's going to be good for selling cars, okay? <laughs> selling used cars anyways. 
apparently uh, I was watching some videos, not apparently I was watching videos because I watch them all the time, but according to some of the stuff I was watching, I think it was from Donut Media. I mean, uh, yeah, Donut Media. They were saying that the largest percentage of auto sales are actually used cars, which makes sense. And that new cars are far less and the supply of used cars is so low now that the value has, you know, been driven up because obviously less supply equals, you know, you can't meet the demands and the price of the stuff that's in demand goes up, which is what happened with toilet paper a little while ago. So, yeah. The other, the other thing I thought of too is, uh, you know, my wife doesn't know how to drive standard. My Subaru was standard or Emanuel as it's known. And she, you know, should probably have the ability to drive my car around if, you know, I'm dead or something, or I get, you know, hurt enough to not be able to drive. So, yeah, like, you know, say we go on vacation or something, we drive somewhere, you know, I'm stuck driving the whole way, which ended up, which I ended up doing anyways, because I was like, you know, my new car, I got to drive it and, you know, no one's going to drive it, but me. And, uh, when we, when we went back, I ended up driving like, uh, I think like eight hours. She drove like one hour. Uh, we had like copious amounts of caffeine, probably an unhealthy amount of caffeine. We had a cooler in the back, so we didn't have to go into the gas station for snacks and drinks and shit. And I probably had, I want to say like two bangs, two bang energy drinks. And, uh, yeah, not the kind of bangs you're thinking of. Get your mind out of the gutter. Um, yeah, while we, when we refueled or stopped to piss, I would just get a bang out of the cooler and we'd be ready to rock in, you know, no time. Speaking of vacation, <laughs> remember when I said uh, last time that the next time I go on vacation, I'm not doing any driving? Well, in the words of Tyler, the creator. So that was a fucking lie. Because, like I said, I drove almost all the way to Massachusetts overnight we left at like six and we didn't get to our destination till like 3 a.m. or something like that. I don't know. I drove a lot and, uh, yeah, that was a, <laughs> that was a, uh, an experience for sure. And I was definitely, uh, I definitely should have taken more rests. I'll say that and probably gotten a better night's sleep. So yeah, I can't just can't get away from driving everywhere, I guess. And also the next trip that we're going to, <laughs> we have a rental car that we're going to be driving around in, but I'm going to make my wife drive more. Most of the time that I'm there, I'll probably just be sleeping or, you know, whatever she does when she's the passenger or whatever. So what's it like having a truck? You might ask. It's pretty sweet. Uh, <laughs> Obviously, like I said, I, I love Subarus. I can't stay away from them. I've been looking at them online, crying myself to sleep, printing up pictures of Subarus and lining them all over my room. Just kidding. I haven't done any of that. It's a waste of paper. But I, you know, it was really hard to make the decision to sell my car. You know, obviously I'd made some modifications to it throughout the couple of years of ownership and you know, my old 04 WRX that drowned in a 204 drowned in an unfortunate flood, flash flood kind of thing. 
uh, had like 150,000 miles on it plus. And, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think it had about that much, probably a little bit more, probably, probably a little closer to 200, but I think if I was still living in Massachusetts, I probably would have kept it, but, uh, obviously I'm, I'm not. And it sucks. I miss it. Uh, I just miss how quick it was and just like owning a cool car. Not that this, you know, Silverado isn't cool. It's a really nice looking truck. And, uh, my favorite thing is that, well, a few favorite things that it has is, uh, Android auto <laughs> because, uh, my, you know, my Subaru didn't have that. Yeah. Well, it kind of did, but the radio was aftermarket and it only had re- like a screen mirroring. So I essentially it would just duplicate whatever was on my phone screen, which was like kind of shitty. And I couldn't actually touch the screen to do any, you know, actions like, you know, look at Spotify or maps or whatever. So it was kind of annoying and, you know, it, the connection wasn't great. So sorry to the new owner of that car because <laughs> uh, the radio kind of sucks. And, you know, the truck, so the truck has that. It also has auto start, which I could have done to the Subaru, but <laughs> there's like some loopholes you got to jump around to actually get it to work properly on manuals, at least from what I understand, because of the neutral safety switch, especially in newer cars. Um, my boy Danny got a remote start system in his Accord, and because you got it installed at a shop, you know, with liability and stuff, they have you do like a crazy sequence to actually, um, like, uh, I can't remember if it was like to get to like set off once you've like started the car remotely gotten in it and then, you know, take off, you had to do some crazy shenanigans where like you like, you turn the lights on and off twice. Uh, you step on the brakes twice and then you lock and unlock the doors three times and then you like hold the lock button while you roll the window down and then you shut the car off and then roll the window up or whatever. I don't, I don't know. It was something stupid like that. And he got it installed and I thought like, Oh man, I really wanted remote start on my car. But now looking at this, like, I don't know, (laughs) but yeah, um, it's definitely better equipped. Granted it's a couple years newer, but it's, uh, it's nice. And then lastly, the feature that I really dig is, so once you've remote started the the truck, you can double press the unlock button and hold it. And then all the windows roll down like automatically. So say it's hot as hell out. Like when I park (laughs) at work on the top level of the parking lot, the sun's been beating on the truck all day. I can remote start it once I get to the top and then it'll, you know, blast the AC and then I can have all the windows down and it's like nice and cool when I get in it. So yeah, it's uh it's legit. You know, I like I said I don't think I could go back to uh to a a small car unless it had all those features of course, but then you pray, then you you pray, you better pray. Then you pay quite a premium, you know, to have all those additional features. Um I think I'd like to get an older Subaru, maybe like a O2 and have it be like a real project car and strip it, take it to the track, trailer it and all that stuff. I think that would be a lot of fun. I know obviously lots of people do that, but you know, when, uh, I have some more monies to throw around, I'll definitely do that. So needless to say, 
all this driving and running around to and from dealerships as well as school, uh, dealing with school kept me away from, uh, you know, being able to dedicate as much time as I wanted to, to the podcast, to scripting and all that stuff. So, you know, I appreciate y'all who have been listening and downloading the podcast episodes in my stead, in my absence. So, uh, cheers to you. Here's, but, uh, yeah, no story time on this one because the whole thing's been a story. But uh, if you want to reach out to me, uh, check out the Instagram at Hands in the Chile Pod, Twitter at Hands in the Chile. Check out my stream. I've been streaming now that I'm back home Wednesday nights on uh, on Twitch. That's uh, twitch.tv forward slash Marco Duro Strong. My personal Instagram is at Marco Duro Strong. So, uh, yeah, man. Hope y'all are doing well. Until next time, take care, be safe, brace the suck, people. Peace.